rescued you. Just praise and praise. Rescued me, Lord. Lord, we worship. Majesty. Rescued us, Lord God. We want to praise you for all that you're doing. We want to thank you, Father, that, Lord, we are so honored before your majesty. Of the souls that are coming to the cross. Lord, we are so little in our sight. And the awesomeness of what you're doing. We can feel your heart as you told your disciples, my bread is to do the, my meat is to do the will of the Father. Yes. The fields are white with harvest. And Father, we want to thank you for being a part of that harvest. Lord, we want to thank you for the souls that were saved, the bodies, the minds, the emotions that were healed. Lord, lift up Lopez before you, Chelsea. Ask you just to touch her and make her whole. We pray for those bones to men that were broken in her leg. We ask you to create a miracle in the bones and parts of her body. Lord, those who are believing you for signs and wonders in their body, we know that you're the Lord God, our healer. And all things are possible with you because we do believe and we do trust in you. We praise you. We glorify you this day. In the name of Jesus. Turn to somebody next to you and just shake their hand and hug their neck. Tell them I love you and the love of the Lord. Just bless them in Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you for rescuing me. so glad that you are here. Man, glad you came back after this morning, ready for round two. Hallelujah. And uh, God is so good. Someone counted 16 souls, and so we just, at least 16, but I tell you, it's been awesome what God has been doing. Amen. Hallelujah. So we were 35 and 16. So that's a... What's 51, 51 in the last four or five weeks, 51 souls. Come on, give the Lord praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. And so as we've been teaching on Wednesday nights, I want to encourage you to be here on Wednesday nights. Reach out to these people. Reach out to them. Love on them and pray for them. And I'm going to give you a scripture about that in a minute. But to make the announcement, SWAT and Young at Heart, picnic and bowling, Thursday, August 20th at 1145. You can see Sister Kay uh, Weeders and also Sister Carolyn about that. Uh, the kids lockdown Friday, August 21st from 8 in the afternoon to 8 the next morning. And so there's more information about that. And that's only for kids. And then, uh, what happened? Yeah. Oh, lock in. Lock in. <laughs> yeah, okay. We're shame. Lock in. Okay. Lock in. Okay. He didn't say that. I said that. He said lock in. I just said lock down. Hallelujah. Well, they had 104 just in that one room, and uh, there was 150-something kids this morning. I think you've got to do a lockdown when there are that many little angels running around. But anyway, it's going to be a lock-in. 
And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Sometimes. That's what we ought to call our, we'll call the kids thing lock in and the men's meeting lockdown. Yeah, okay. Ladies mentoring, lockdown. August 27th at 6.30. You can see Cindy Cobb about that. And then Bound for Life, Silent Siege, uh, August 29th at 8.30. Sister Jen bringing people over there to stand in front of the abortion clinic and plead the blood of our majestic Lord for those precious lives. We, we were able to dedicate three children this morning. And we don't know how many were destroyed just this last week compared to the millions that's been destroyed over the last few years. But thank God there's a place even for them Amen. that Jesus himself is playing and keeping those children until their converted mothers get to heaven and get to play with them and finish raising them. Hallelujah. Thank God. But anyway, you can see the announcements on the calendar. I want to share something with you in Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 3. So I tell you, if you've never done a silent siege, uh, I want to encourage you, please see about going, meeting here at the church at 1130. Uh, I mean, 8.30, I'm sorry, 8.30, August 29th, and just go with her and uh, just, you don't have to say anything, do anything. They put a, a piece of the life tape over the mouth and just do intercession and praying that mothers who are going there to have an abortion, even from other states, will uh, change their mind and plead the blood over our nation. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 3. Verse 2 says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom. Say, I receive that. And understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And his delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. And an interesting thing about not judge judging is it's the Hebrew word that means quick-scented. You're taking notes. It's the Hebrew word for quick-scented. That's what that word there is. And it's talking about being able to smell something and recognize whether it's of life or whether it's of death. And God wants to give us such another degree of discerning of spirits. How many of you know you can smell when something's dead? Anybody had a rat or a skunk or something dead under your house or in the walls? Or somebody maybe not have cleaned out the refrigerator for a while? I mean, that's never a problem in my house, but maybe some people have had that problem. But anyway, how many of you know you can smell something? And, you know, we're from down in south Louisiana. A lot of people don't believe us. But how many of you country boys know you can smell a water moxicum before you see it? Can't you? Okay, look, you see the hands? So they witness with me. People used to tell me it, I was lying, but it's it, no. Thank God you can smell them before you see them so you don't walk on them. God made them to stink. But listen. Devils and death, there's an aroma that you can sense and discern in the wisdom of God that there's nothing about life in what I'm hearing. There's nothing about life that has to do with what I'm sensing. And listen, church, it's so important for us to get a hold of that in these last days, in the church and in the workplace. Lord, thank you for the spirit of counsel and discernment and understanding so you can sense that there's something wrong here. There's something that's just not adding up. It sounds good. It looks good. But it don't smell good. So, I mean, you pray for that in Jesus' name. The aroma of death, which is Satan, or the aroma of life, which is God. Life or decay. Also, how many of you know worship lets out a true aroma? 
It's a fragrance before God. And it means to be quick to know what is behind every activity. Quick to know what is behind every activity. So I want to encourage you, especially as we get in the message tonight, pray for discernment. Pray that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you, and you'll be quick to sense what you hear on TV, quick what you hear, uh, hear from friends or whatever it may be, that it lines up with the Word of God, and you'll be quick to sense there's something, there's just something that, that I don't know about this. So pray. I want to encourage you. How many receive that? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for the spirit of discernment and understanding and the fear of the Lord. So I want the ushers to come forward. We're going to receive tonight's offerings and tithe. So glad you're here tonight. We're going to have a good time, going to be edified, encouraged, and do what the word of the Lord says in the first place. So God bless you as you give a hundredfold in Jesus' name. Amen.
Lord, your presence rids all harm, all shame, and all fear. We thank you for the enlightenment of your word tonight in our hearts. Thank you, Father, for understanding, especially coming, Lord, towards the end times. Where, Father, we're going to be with you forever and ever and ever. Lord, let this word encourage the saints and build the church and awaken us to the time and the hour we live in. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, we shall be as the five wise virgins. That, Lord God, we have our oil and we're constantly ready and prepared and expecting your soon to return. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead and turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. So glad you're here tonight. Believe that you're going to be encouraged by the Word. We're going to do a little study here as we continue studying about the end times. 2 Peter chapter 3. I want to bring out some interesting things tonight that I'm sure will be a blessing to you. How many know we got a prophetic word? The Bible is a prophetic word, amen? Someone did a study and shows that 27% of the Bible, 27% of the Bible is prophetic. One in every four scriptures spoke of something that would come. Some of it's been completed, some of it has not. So it's a prophetic book, hallelujah. And in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, we've read this before and I won't spend time on it, but it says, knowing this, we got to know this, that scoffers, mockers will come in the last days walk, walking according to their own lust. And it, so one thing you got to know, what's the sign of the end time? There's going to be a strong spirit of lust loosed upon the earth. And how many of you know, you don't have to go very far to see that. And it says people are going to be mocking. What most of them are going to be mocking is the end times. You're going to see, look at verse 4. It says, and saying, where is the promise of His coming? 
For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And so here they're going to be mocking about the second coming. If Jesus is coming, we've been hearing this for how long? Jesus is coming soon. We've seen the bumper stickers and everything else. Where is Jesus if He's coming? But how many of you know He is coming? Amen. But one of the things that this brings out, that you need to write this down, that the reason it talks about His coming uh, and, and not knowing the hour is to keep us to be in a state of suspense and expectancy. Write that down because as the message progresses tonight, you need to know this. Many people are scoffing, when is He coming? The thing we know is that He's coming, but are you ready? The question is, no man knows the hour, but are you ready at any moment? And we're going to see this in our study tonight, that He's going to be coming. And look in verse 5, it says that this willingly, or the Living Bible says, they deliberately forget that God made the heavens by the word of His command. He brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then He used the water to destroy the ancient world in the mighty flood. We're going to talk a little about Noah tonight. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire, and they are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. And I've shared with you before that there is going to be a fire that is going to destroy the earth and the universe, and God's going to create it all, and it's going to be destroyed by fire. And so many people today, you hear people, even in some church realms, they'll say, well, you know, God is such a God of love. He's not going to destroy the people. How many know He did in the days of Noah? And He's going to do it again. He's going to destroy those who have not accepted Jesus. So that's why we've got to live in a state of suspense and expectancy that God is going to destroy the earth again and those who do not receive Him, those who reject His Son. And I want you to look at verse 9. I'm going to read this in the Living Bible. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but He wants everyone to repent. Say that with me. Repent. He wants everyone to repent. And we spoke about that this morning. And all of a sudden, we'll hear it come up time and time again in this message. That the end time message is really a message about repenting and having your life right and being expecting for Jesus to come back any time. Verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. And one of the things I want to encourage you, you're going to see a number of times that Jesus, the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Peter all refer to the coming of the Lord as a thief in the night. So all three instances are uh, spoken by Jesus, Peter, and Paul. Unexpectedly as a thief, then the heavens will pass away with terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Now we've spoke about these things. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. Holiness causes the day of Christ to come sooner. On that day, He will set the heavens on fire and the entire elements will melt away with flames. But we are looking forward. Say, we are looking forward. Jesus, we are looking forward to new heavens and a new earth as He has promised a world filled with God's righteousness. Verse 14. So, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, listen now, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in His sight. Make every effort to be found. Because He's going to come like that. 
Make every effort to be found living peaceful and pure and blameless lives in His sight. And remember the Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. Now that doesn't mean that you can just say, well, you know, not everything's fulfilled yet, so, you know, I still have time to play around. And, and you know, I, I believe that there's going to be signs to such a point to where I'll have time to repent before Jesus comes back. You do not want to even expect that. He's going to come like a thief, and I'm going to show you the Scriptures in a few moments. It says, verse 14 in the King James, it says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent. Write that word down, be diligent. That word diligent there speaks out about being diligent not to have any spot, open willful sin, to be diligent and being blameless. How many of you know we had a wedding last night? And her, white, her dress was pure white. How many of you know Jesus is not coming back for a dirty bride? He is not coming back for a dirty bride. This young man and I, we were standing back there with the groomsmen and all that. And like every young man, I, I love to watch their face when that bride finally turns that corner and he gets to see her for the first time. He was getting ready in my office and in our office we have a TV camera that uh, shows the hall. And I said, listen, if you pay me some money, I'll show you where you can get a, you can look at her and she won't know you're looking at her. And he says, no, I don't want no bad luck. But anyway... They can't wait. And when they turn that corner, well, you can just see that smile. Ooh, doggy. Look at her. I'm going to have papers on her today. Oh, she's mine. Titled and deed. Hallelujah. Well, you could see in her eyes, you could see it in her face that there's my beautiful bride. Now, can you imagine she would have a robe and fuzzy house shoes? And she'd get her hair in rollers and she turns that corner? How many of you know if it was me? I'd run out that door. And I'd get out of here because I ain't marrying a woman with fuzzy slippers and rollers in her hair. I'm marrying a bride who has spent at least three, four hours in preparing herself because today's her day. So <laughs> so how <laughs> and my wife spent hours preparing herself and I got the pictures to prove, even though she was seventeen years old. Hallelujah. She 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 uh, she let me deceive her. Anyway, how many of you know the blood cleanses? Amen? Amen. Verse 15 says, And consider that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation, as our beloved brother Paul said, according to the wisdom given to him, as was written to you. Okay, so now Peter says, Okay, I've shared with you about the end times, and there's more there. But then he says, Now I'm going to talk about what brother Paul says. So let's see what brother Paul has to say. Look with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I just want to give you some scriptures to study about this. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 10. Because I believe an end times message is a get ready message. Let's see what the Apostle Paul has to say. What he teaches about the rapture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. First Thessalonians 1, verse 10. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus. How many looking forward to that coming? Amen. Whom God raised from the dead. Now listen. He is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. Now I'm going to give you some scriptures according to Paul and according to Jesus. That I want to encourage you tonight that by what I, I see in the Word, and I want you to see it tonight... A lot of people are confused and believe post-trib, pre-trib, and so forth and so on. 
But he says he has come to rescue us from the terrors of judgment. I want to show you some scriptures tonight that I am not planning on being here being stung by some scorpion who comes out of the sea. I want to show you in the Word of God that we are going to escape the judgment of the tribulation. Some people are saying, we're already living in the, in the tribulation. No, Shah. I'm going to show you in the Word of God, we're not living in the tribulation yet. We're not going to be here because we and the Holy Spirit, and I'll show you in a minute, we and the Holy Spirit has to get out of here because according to Paul, the Holy Spirit is holding back the manifestation of the Antichrist. The Holy Spirit is holding back the manifestation and the revelation of the Antichrist until we and the Holy Spirit is out here. I shared with you this morning, no Holy Spirit, no peace. I'm going to show you in the Word tonight that I'm believing God. We want to be ready because I'm not planning on going through any tribulation. If the Holy Spirit isn't here, as you're going to see in Revelation, that's why there's going to be all kind of lying signs and wonders. If the Holy Spirit's not going to be here, I don't want to be here. Because sometimes with the Holy Spirit... I don't want to be here. <laughs> Can you imagine? No Holy Spirit. And you're on this earth. You're stranded. And that's it, buddy. Gone, pecan. So I want to encourage you tonight to be ready and be diligent about getting ready. It says in the Living Bible, He's the one who has rescued us from the terrors of coming judgment. Now in Hebrews chapter 11, it speaks of Enoch who walked with God and was not, for God took him. The prophet Elijah was not, and God took him. Now I want you to see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Because some people will argue and say, well, you know, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, I'm going to show you where that word is used a number of times, and it's the word caught up, which is the word rapture. I want you to see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I want you to see in verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. Now this is the word of the Lord. That we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself would descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be, what? Caught up. Every translation says, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I want you to know it is going to be an exciting day. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 5 says, There's a gathering of the, let the saints gather together. And this word about Jesus calling his saints together and that he's going to call them together with a shout, that's a Hebrew word of God calling his saints together, and it's a war cry. And what's going to happen is that Jesus... If How many of you ever seen Lord of the Rings number 2, The Return of the King? Huh? Other of you don't want to admit that you've seen it, but I know you've seen it. And I would, if I would have time to do everything I wanted to, we'd have a clip of it. But anyway, he kept telling them. When they thought he was dead, he says, keep looking towards the east. Keep looking towards the east. And when it looked like everything was going to be defeated, all of a sudden, here comes this guy on a white horse and a whole army. And what, and what you see in that movie clip there is this guy on the horse with a white army and all of the guys with them, they charge right through. They don't stop. They charge down that hill, down from the east, and they keep running through and they just keep defeating the enemy as they come through. That word with a shout means the angels are going to blow the trumpets. The angels are going to shout. The saints are going to gather behind Jesus and we're going to charge and we're not going to stop. We're going to run right through the devil's territory. 
We're going to run right through the devil's territory. We're going to run right through the devil's territory. We're going to run across this earth. The saints are going to be gathered. We're going to be shouting. Jesus is going to be leading the, the charge. And, and everybody's going to know that this is the beginning for the church. But oh, it's the beginning of what Paul calls labor pains for those who are left behind. Mm. And so we're going to see this and it's going to be a wake-up time. And the word caught up is a Greek word. And that word caught up speaks about a thief in the night. You telling her to come get it? I might give it back to you. Now, no, I don't want your money, sis. I hear some Tic Tacs though. Anyway, listen. This is that word caught up. You, you did not know, you were not expecting me to do that. There's no way you could have stopped it because you didn't know I was going to do it. That's the word caught up. You're not even going to know and it's going to be done. There's no time to repent, no time to cry out, no time to burn, no burn stuff up, no time to change, no time to get out of GG's. If the, if the trumpet sounds, you may as well just stay in GG's and go to hell with the rest of them. Now, GG's is a bar. Anyway. Oh, it's a haircut. Okay. Now, now sis, now that I did that, if you'd see me going towards your purse, what would you do? You saw that? I know, but he's going to blindside us too. Caught up. Do you see that? Keep that image in your mind. Caught up. Well, nobody's going to see me. Oh, that trumpet sounds. Diligent in preparing yourself. Because no man knows the hour or the time. Apostle Peter says, repent. Be diligent. He's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. Be diligent because you do not know the time when he, his return is coming. Amen. And so, uh, we, we won't turn to it, but let me give you a few examples of that word caught up. Just write this down. Acts chapter 8, 39. In, uh, Philip was baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch. And the Bible says that when he finished baptizing, it says he was caught up. He disappeared. It's used again in 2 Corinthians 12, 2 through 4. It's used twice, the word caught up. It says that uh, he, Paul was talking about himself, but he didn't say himself. He was caught up into the uh, third heaven. So listen, church, I mean, it's going to be something like that. And that word caught up is used a number of times. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me share something with you there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. First Corinthians 15, verse 51. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. Hallelujah. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, 
Those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture would be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death and the law given sin its power. But thank God... He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So it says in verse 58, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong, immovable, always working enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Amen. Can you imagine one day that trumpet's going to sound and we're going to be caught up in the air? And while we're ascending, these bodies are going to be changed into the body of Jesus that are going to be supernatural, transformed into the very image of Jesus. And oh, it's just going to be a glorious moment. Look with me, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We want to put on immortality and these bodies will never die. Hallelujah. In fact, they're going to be transformed. No more pain. Nothing to go wrong. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, look at verse 17. Then together with them, we who are still alive will remain on the earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet and remain on earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage one another with these words. How many know there's going to be a sudden catching up? So not only are we encouraging you about, hey, Jesus is coming soon, we're also supposed to be encouraging one another. You better be living your life right. You better be ready for His sudden appearing. Don't be thinking, oh, it's going to be next year, or nobody's prophesied it's going to be this year, or nobody knows the hour. That's right. That's why we've got to be living every moment, expecting that that trumpet can sound at any moment. Brothers and sisters, listen. That trumpet can sound when you leave here tonight. It could sound while we're still in here. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but this says, you better encourage one another. Since we don't know when He's coming, we better be ready. Amen. So chapter 5, verse 1, let's just continue. Now concerning how and when all of this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying, now listen, Everything is peaceful and secure. Then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pain begins. And there will be no escape. So let's stop there for just a few minutes. All, everybody is saying all is well. Right there, it is saying all is well. Everything's secure. Hey, does that sound like tribulation to you? No. Tribulation hasn't started yet. It says that when we are taken up, then it will be expect, unexpectedly like a woman's labor pains all of a sudden. Y'all remember when your wives were going to have a baby? Oh! Remember that contraction? Well, listen, when the church is taken up, it will be like the contraction. But then once the church is taken, that's when tribulation, seven years of tribulation is going to start. So we've got to be ready. How many know there's... No, when my wife was going to have her baby, my dad had a Buick with a... Cloth seats. And, and thank God that he, we were ready. We had a big black plastic trash bag. And when her water busted, we put those black, black, black trash, plastic trash bags 
on those seats so she could drip on the, on the plastic and not on the seat. Thank God. We were prepared. The bags were ready. The plastic bags were ready. And the lady was ready. She had had enough of nine months of swelling and everything else. It was time to come forth. Well, listen, when Jesus comes back, we better be ready. Amen. And I say all that in love. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) Verse 4. Verse 4. But you aren't in the dark about these things. How many know we're the light? Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. There it is a third time. Did you hear that? The day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. Verse 6, what does it say? So be on your guard. Be on your guard. Not asleep like the others. Stay alert and clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drunkards get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as a helmet the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out His anger on us. Did you hear that? Not tribulation is when God is going to pour out His anger upon those who has rejected Christ. But Jesus has saved us so that not to pour His anger out on us. Now, some people say, well, Brother Russell, I believe we're going through the tribulation. Well, be my guest. I'm not planning on going through the tribulation because I have been redeemed and saved and I don't believe that God wants to pour His wrath out on the church. I believe that we are going to be taking in the twinkling of an eye and once we and the Holy Spirit leave uh, this earth, then the tribulation is going to come and then those who rejected Christ and not have lived and were not watching and not ready and not guarding themselves, not guarding themselves, doesn't say you weren't going to church. Wasn't say, didn't say you weren't a good person, but you weren't guarding your thoughts. Because we read over there in Peter, lust being rapid in the end times. Flaming darts speaks of passions going towards the heart to contaminate the man or the woman and contaminate the life with passion. But thank God we have the armor of light to fight the attacks of these demonic forces. Amen. Now look at me, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. It continues here. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you, do not be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. People were already saying the rapture's done come. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Verse 5, Do not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things. And now you know what is restraining 
Listen what it says here. And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. Verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. If you look up in concordances and if you have an amplified Bible, you look at the bottom of the amplified Bible, it says there right there in English with that scripture, that word he, it says in the amplified Bible and concordances, is the Holy Spirit. That the Antichrist, who will be worshipped like God and who will be working in lying signs and wonders, who will be doing miracles... He will be operating in signs and lying wonders because the Holy Spirit and the church is going to be out of here. It's the Holy Ghost and the church that is keeping the Antichrist from manifesting. When we're taken, then the Antichrist is going to be manifested. He who is being restrained will be loosed. The Living Bible says, the one, the Holy Spirit, who is holding it back, steps out of the way. And thank God we're going to be with Him. But once again, we better be sure that we're living lives to be counted worthy, to be caught up with Him. Amen? Now verse 8 says, The man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will kill him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. Thank God we're going to be taken and then tribulation is going to be started. Now look with me in Matthew chapter 24. Let me give you a few more scriptures here about this. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24, verse 3. No matter what they say about, oh, there's no second coming, there's no rapture of the church, let them mock and let them talk, but don't you be deceived in any way by letter, by TV, by the History Channel, by CNN, by anybody. Because listen, if you're living your life right, that trumpet sounds, we're going to be out of here with the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 3, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise up against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilence, earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Next week, I want to share with you that in the last five years, there has been more earthquakes in over a hundred years. And I'll get more into detail next week about that. But verse 9, Then they will deliver you up, to tribulation and kill you and they will, you will be hated for all nations for my, name, my sake and then many will be offended and betray one another and hate one another then many false prophets will arise up and deceive many and because of lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold we got to be careful amen but he who endures to the end shall be saved say that's me hallelujah endure to the end and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world as a witness of all nations then the end will come Oh, just be ready. Amen. Now look at verse 36 in that same chapter. Verse 36. But of that day and hour, no man knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, getting in, giving in marriage 
until, somebody shout out until, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the man, be, son of man be. In other words, as it was in the days of Noah. How many of you would have wanted to get in that ark with Noah? How many of you would want to get in the ark with Noah? How many of you today would get in Noah's ark if it was here? Okay, well listen. The Antichrist, the tribulation is being held back till Jesus comes back from his church. And Jesus, we read that over there in Paul. Now Jesus is saying, in the last days, as it was in the days of Noah, listen, the flood did not come to Noah and his family. The redeemed was in the ark and the door was shut. And once the door was shut, then the flood came. That's another symbol that the tribulation is not going to happen until we, the church, are taken out of here. We're going to be caught up and then the flood of evilness is going to come. Now, we don't have time to, to uh, go there, but you can look uh, later on in Luke 17, 28. We won't go there right now, but you can look. Luke 17, 28, it says, Jesus is saying the same message. He says, not only as it was in the days of Noah, but also as in the days of Lot. How many of you know, listen now, how many of you know that the fire did not fall from heaven till Lot was out of the city? How many of you would have been with Lot and his two daughters? And, well, part of the trip, his wife, but his wife decided to become a pillar of salt. But how many of you know, the hailstones did not fall until they were out of the city. Once they were out of the city, the judgment of God fell upon them. But they were out of the city. Listen, when the judgment of God falls on this earth, we're going to be out of the city. We're going to be like Lot and his family. We're out of here. We're not sticking around for no locust or any of those other things. No market the beast. So many people are worried about these things. I'm believing. I'm believing we're going to be out of here. Some people say, oh, you just want to escape. Well, i got scriptures to prove I do want to escape. i got scriptures that say about the last days, blessed are you and counted worthy to escape the damnation and the judgment that is coming upon this earth. So if some people say, you believe that escape theory? Oh, bless God, hallelujah. Yes, I do. Amen. Amen. I'm not sticking around to be punished. Jesus was punished for me. I'm not of this world. I'm not going to be punished like with this world. I'm going to heaven to be with my Jesus. Amen. But it speaks suddenly, suddenly, without warning, like the door will be shut. Watch and prepare with the heart. Nobody knows the hour. In other words, you cannot prepare with a calendar. Everybody gets the Jewish calendar and the Roman calendar and we try to figure everything out. Jesus is saying, you will not figure out my coming by any calendar. It will not be by the calendar. It will be you prepare with your heart for my coming because no one but the Father knows when I'm coming. I mean, this is a serious message, amen? If you go in and read, it says two men will be working in the field. Be, I'll be working here with Brother Rick. No, well, yeah. We, okay, me and Brother Rick will be painting. And there's another guy with us who, who we've been witnessing to, but he laughs at us. And he'll turn around and say, Rick, give me a paintbrush. Rick, where's the paintbrush? Rick! Where did Rick go? Rick's gone. Someone else is going to be doing mechanic work. Hand me that wrench. Hey, where's that wrench? Laying on the floor. The guy holding it is gone. And they're going to go, oh my God, why didn't I listen to him when I could? 
two would be in bed. One awake by their self and the other taken. The twinkling of an eye. So the message about being prepared and be ready because Jesus is coming soon. Amen. It says that the wedding happened. In Matthew chapter 25, it goes on. Jesus just continues speaking. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now one thing I want to tell you about uh, weddings in those days, they didn't send out invitations. Let me tell you something I read about the weddings in those days. There was no announcements. All of a sudden, any time at the night you would hear, The bridegroom is arriving! And the young lady was supposed to be ready, not knowing exactly what time. Talk about the bride being late. I mean, the bridegroom being late, the bride being late. Nobody knew exactly what time the wedding was going to take place. But if you want to get married, you better be ready hours in advance because no one knows when he's coming. Well, that, this is what this is saying. And it says in verse 2 there of chapter 25, Now five of them were wise. Five of them were wise. And five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Oh, we don't have nothing to worry about. But the wise took oil in their vessels and with their lamps. And while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. That's what we have to be careful of. Well, you know what? You're only young once. You know what? The trumpet's going to sound once. Well, you know, we only have a little bit of time to do what we want to do. You know what? You better be doing what Jesus wants you to do because you do not know when He's coming back. Who wants to take a chance on hell? Who wants to take a chance on being left in the rapture? He's, he's, and, and when you get before Him, you say, but Jesus, you didn't warn us. He says, yes, I did. Peter warned you, Paul warned you, Jesus warned you. You've heard it over and over again about the five foolish and the five wise. You heard about those who said, well, he's not coming soon. Everything seems to still be okay. I don't see all the signs manifested. And they slumbered and they slept. And at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him, and the wedding and the door was shut. We keep hearing over and over about the door being shut. Noah's door of the ark was shut. Once Lot and his family was out, it was locked down, and then the, rain, the uh, fire came down and destroyed the city. Once the door is shut, it is shut. That awesome picture of the shepherd knocking at the door of your heart. You better open your heart to Jesus tonight. And you, if you're not saved, you better give your heart to the Lord because He's knocking. And you want to make sure that He's in there because He is coming for His who are called by His name. But at the same time, we the believers better be awake, be on guard, no chilling, no messing around. The five foolish, i got a whole series on it. Go back in Proverbs and read what a fool does. The five foolish, the reason they didn't have no more oil, Proverbs tells you, a fool 
speaks all of his heart, uses all of his oil talking all night. That's one of the things a fool does. Just chilling and messing around. Oh, come on, let's, let's go do this. Oh, come on, let's have some fun. Oh, come on, you only live once. Oh, come on, let's just waste our time. Who wants to be those old Christians? Just who wants to live that life to where you can't do this? It's just a bunch of rules and regulations. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. I tell you what, I'd rather live a few years on earth not doing something so that I can have a heaven where I'm going to be able to do everything that is worth living for once that trumpet sounds. But you better not be found messing around when Jesus comes back. Today is the day to get it right. He said, repent. Get it right. You know what we saw on TV this week? They're getting ready to have a program about lying. And it told the percentage of people who lie. And, and it, it's a program, it's one of those life things about people who lie. And, and they're, they're going to make a living program of how people get live their life by lying and get away with things. They're not getting away with nothing. They're breaking a commandment of God. Thou shalt not lie. But you know what? They want to take it off from the post office. They want to get it out of the school. They want to say the old Ten Commandments. That's, that's not for today. We don't have to live with the commandments of God. We don't have to worry about thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Oh no, we don't have to worry about that. though. That's foolish virgins talking. Well, they're not really virgins anymore. They've lost their purity. And they'll lose out on the opportunity when that trumpet sounds. Amen, church. This is serious stuff. We're talking heaven or hell. And there is no drug. There is no drink. There is no sex. There is no whatever you're into or whatever's been attacking you. There is nothing nothing worth missing heaven over. Young people, even though you're in college, there's no reason to get crazy and wild and, and, and be a freak. Young people in school, just because other people are doing all these different things, don't mean you have to do what they're doing. Be separate. Come out and be separate from among them. You be the five wise virgins with oil, keeping your wit trim, keeping everything in place, knowing that at any moment Jesus could come and you do not want the horror of spending eternity in hell. You don't want to take the chance dying in your sin. You don't want to take the chance playing around with something. Just seeing if you'll get away with it. Nothing is worth going that deep into sin and taking a chance and losing your life forever and ever in a hell that is made for Satan and his devils. This is serious stuff. Messing around. No oil. In other words, no presence of the Holy Spirit. No purity. No living for Jesus. Living for self. They weren't ready. And the door was shut. The door was shut. Let me end tonight by giving you according to Revelations 2 and 3. We're going to study the churches, but I'm going to go over right quick. Seven ways to get ready. And let me, I'll just give them to you and I won't go into detail because I'm going to teach on each church later on. But in Revelations chapters 2 through 3, let me start off. Number one, uh, Revelations chapter 2 verse 4, talking to the church of Ephesus. How many know, stay in love with Jesus. Write that down. If you want to get rapture ready, number one, stay in love with Jesus. Stay in love with Jesus. Read the word, pray, worship, but stay in love with Jesus. Just worship the name and be in love with Jesus. Number two, Revelations chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Remain faithful. 
It talks about the devil's trying you. He's testing you. He's trying to wear you down. Daniel says that the enemy tries to wear you down. So listen to what it's telling you here. God told the second church there in the book of Revelation, the devil's trying to try you. He's trying to tempt you. He's trying to trip you up. But listen, you get close to God and you hold on to the Holy Ghost and you pray and fast and stay in church and you do everything you can. You stay away from whatever's pulling you down, but you stay close to God so that you can remain faithful because that's one place where it says, blessed are those who remain faithful because they will be caught up and they will inherit inheritance. Number three, he, told, he warned the church in chapter, four, in, uh, chapter 2, verse 14, be careful of false doctrine. Be careful of false doctrine. He told the fourth church in verse 20, watch out for Jezebel. Jezebel represents a lot of things, but one of the things it represents is a familiar spirit. Just because somebody sounds spiritual, just because somebody knows how to speak and speak and sound spiritual in your life, make sure it lines up with the Word of God. And you be careful that someone doesn't lead you astray. Ladies, ladies and young men, be careful that some woman or some man doesn't come along trying to sweep you off your feet, lying to you that God told you that they're going to be your mate. I've got a dear, dear, dear friend who's been a friend of our family since the 70s. Well, since the early 70s, since I was like in 7th grade, 7th grade, about 10 years ago. Come to our house all the time, a great man of God. But a woman came up to him, he was praying for a wife. And a woman came up to him and says, Lord, show me I'm supposed to be your wife. And they got married. And on their honeymoon night, she looked at him and said, this is a mistake and I'm out of here crushed him. He had to get out of the ministry for a while because it crushed him and hurt him. But God gave him another lady later on and they've been married for a number of years. Three great kids and serving Jesus. But listen, be careful of people. Be careful of that Jezebel spirit, that familiar spirit. Number five, chapter three, verse three, he talked to the church in Sardis and he says, you've cooled down. You're not on fire for me anymore. You've gotten relaxed. You've gotten comfortable. You come to church and instead of raising your hands and worship Jesus, you come to see what everybody else is wearing. You come to church and, well, you know, I don't like that type of music, so I'm just going to stand here and I just can't wait till the worship's over. So then maybe I can hear a word and I'm not too excited about the word either. And he's saying, be careful. You stay hot. You stay on fire for God. Number six. Chapter 3, verse 10, he speaks to the Philadelphia church. He says, I'm with you. You've been faithful in in, uh, the tribulation. You've been faithful in testings, and I'm with you. And verse 10 there says, I'm going to give you a place. And then the seventh, he talks in verses 14 and 15. The church, he's talking about God uh, has more patience with the cold than he does with the lukewarm. And let me share what that means. God cannot stand mixture. He cannot stand cold and hot together, lukewarm. He cannot stand living in the Spirit on Sunday and living in the flesh on Monday. He said, this is what he's saying about I'd rather you be cold. He says, I can have more mercy on somebody who's cold than someone who's half and half. I could have mercy on somebody. God is saying, I could have mercy on somebody who's, who, who's not on fire from me, but is not faking it either. I can have mercy on somebody because that cold one can come up. But that one who's living a lifestyle of mixing the, the flesh with the spirit, that it's all praise God, hallelujah, I love you, and everything else in church, but when you get home, it's a different story. He says, I'll spew you out of my mouth. 
I cannot stand the mixture of flesh and spirit. You either be totally surrendered or not at all. And then I want to show you, as I'll finish with this tonight, Revelations uh, chapter 3. Revelations chapter 3. Verse 19. Revelations 3 verse 19 says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Somebody shout out repent. repent. Here's the word again. It's an end time message. Repent. Be ready. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen. Write this down. Repent means a play, a repentive life. Means you live in a place of readiness. Be quick to repent. Because listen, we're going to mess up and we're going to do things here and there. And But the important thing is we're not trying to. Sometimes we just mess up. I mean, how many of you ever get angry? How many of you do some things you don't want to do? But listen, be quick to repent. Live in a state of being repentative. Lord, I ask you to forgive me and, and repent over that. A place of readiness. Because once that trumpet sounds, there will be no time to repent. And verse 20, I'm at the door right now. Jesus wants to come in your life. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready? Now, if you heard the message this morning and you hear this tonight, and you've been hearing the messages on discipleship on Wednesday night, God is wanting to bring a mature word to a mature body. We don't want to just slide into heaven. I want to go running into heaven. Amen. We're not going to be here for the tribulation, those who are ready, but we're going to have to be ready. I want to encourage you, you need to be in church. You need to be in the Word of God every day. You need to be reading daily devotions every day. You need to be praying in the Spirit. You need to be singing in the Spirit. You need to be singing with the understanding. You need to be doing something to stir your spirit up. And you've got to keep your spirit full. You've got to be doing something daily to prepare yourself and be ready. And keep your mind and thoughts on Christ Jesus. Because we have to live rapture ready every day. Amen. Ready every day. As I shared Wednesday night, I, I had to uh, raise my hand and swear before a judge last month in, in, in a case I'm with with a family. And, I, and the case was thrown out for the moment uh, or dismissed for the moment. I have to go back next month. But the one thing the judge said before he dismissed is he said, all of you are under oath until September. I am still under oath uh, that I did before the judge that time. Well, how many of you know when you became born again, you were under oath that when you better be living your life like you're supposed to be living and doing what you need to be doing because that trumpet's going to sound and you better be ready. Because if you're not ready, you may not just make it. Now, I know people are going to say, oh, you don't believe what's saved, always saved. I'm not touching that point. I'm just saying what the Bible says. If you're not ready for that trumpet, you may not make the rapture. That door was shut. Oh, Noah, you're a crazy man. Who wants to go in that old boat? I tell you what, they wish they were in that boat when they were banging on the sides, crying out for mercy. Lot's wife was sorry that she turned around and turned into a pillar of salt. These are serious days. 
And it says, encourage one another or wake one another up about the times we live in. And that's what I want to do tonight. Don't worry about the tribulation. If you're living your life right, I tell you what, I don't believe we're going to be here. But if we are relaxed, then take inventory. What's wrong with my life? What's wrong with my zeal? What's wrong with my heart? And that's what we've been talking about, getting in this area of being repentant. Because nobody's going to pray you out of hell. Once you're dead, once that trumpet sounds, nobody's going to pray you out of hell. Tonight is the night of salvation. Today is the day that Jesus is knocking on your door. And if you're here tonight and you know you're not right with God, you need to get it right. You need to leave here knowing that that trumpet sounds from now, from now on. Whoever you have to separate from, you separate from them. Whatever friends you have to lose, brother and sister, lose them. Whatever price you have to pay, you pay that price. He that leaves houses and family and moms and dads and sisters and brothers for my sake and the word's sake shall be saved. Whatever you have to do, you separate from it. But you get ready because He's coming. He's coming, church. He's coming. He's coming. The question is, are you ready? So let's bow our head. If you want to, let's go ahead and stand up. Just bow your head and close your eyes. What wisdom would do tonight is surrender your life wholeheartedly anew to God. If you're having struggles in areas, you can come to this altar. You can come up for prayer. You can kneel at your seat. You can go on a, a, a day fast, a three-day fast, a 40-day fast, a Daniel fast. There's a lot of things you can do to break some of the shackles and things that have been holding you down. But whatever you have to do, you do it. You stir up that faith within you. You stir up the spirit of holiness and that which is pleasing unto the Lord. You stir it up. You pay the price. Yeah, sure, young people. There's going to be some movies you can't go see. There's going to be some CDs you can't own. There's going to be some places you can't go and there's going to be some people you can't go with. But it'd be better. David said, if I had one day in my life, where would I spend that one day? He said, I would spend it in the house of God. If I had one day to spend somewhere, I'd spend it in the house of God. You better get your heart ready. There's some areas that's loosed in your life. They're loose. You're living loosely. Tighten it up tonight. Tighten it up. Tighten it up. The Word of God came forth to you tonight. Tighten it up. Sever whatever needs to be severed. Cut it off. In Jesus' name. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you any area you've gotten loosed in. Any area could be in the area of your speech, area of guarding your heart, maybe guarding your thoughts or your imagination, maybe allowing fantasy to get into an area that it shouldn't be, hate or anger, whatever it may be. The Holy Spirit is present with you right now and He's knocking at your door. Let me in to help you fill your vessels with oil. Trim that which needs that part of the flesh. 
that will cause the smoke to come out. Let me trim that part that, that, that does not let off the aroma, aroma or the light of my word. Let me trim it off. Let me trim it off. If you're here tonight and you say, Brother Russell, I want to give my life over to Jesus. I want to surrender it tonight to Him. If that's you, raise your hand. I need to be saved. Just raise your hand. Anybody at all. God bless you, young man. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Raise your hand. Christians pray. Anyone else? I need to give my life over to Christ. I want to be ready. When that trumpet sounds, I want to be ready. I want my names in the Lamb Book of Life. Anyone at all? You know you need to give your life over to God right now. You may be, have served Him. You might have been saved before. But you know you're not living your life right. And you get it, need to get it right. Raise your hand. Say, I need to get my life right with God right now. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? You need to get your life right with God. Anybody at all? Raise your hand. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. God bless you, young man. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? I need to get my life right. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I know I'm not living like I should. I know there's some areas in my life that I've allowed to get loose. I'm doing some things in some areas I know I shouldn't. If that's you, come on, get your life right tonight. Anybody else? Raise your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Cry out to God. If you're living in sin, cry out to God. Cry out for mercy tonight. That's what church is about. Cry out for mercy tonight. Don't worry about nobody else around you. Cry out. Jesus! Have mercy upon me. You know the struggles I'm in. You know the areas of my weakness. I know that I'm not pleasing to you in every area of my life. Right now, cry out to Him. Strengthen me, Lord. Strengthen me, my God. Strengthen me in my heart and my spirit. That I can stand against the trials and the temptations that the enemy brings my way. Give me grace. Give me grace to stand in the face of temptation and trial. Give me grace when I'm wanting to give up and quit. Give me grace to continue on when I feel there's no hope ahead. Help my unbelief where I feel that I'll never, ever be able to get out of this hole that I'm in. Have mercy upon me, O oh God. Have mercy upon me, O oh God. Have mercy upon me, O oh God. My brother, would you come and let me pray with you? If you raised your hand, young man back there, you raised your hand to get saved, would you come and let us pray with you? Come and stand right here. Another young man raised his hand in the back, would you come and let me pray with you? Come stand right here. Anyone else, you raised your hand, you want to receive Jesus in your heart as Lord and Savior, come and stand right here. Hey, my brother. Good to see you, my brother. You're looking good. Anyone else? Come and give your life publicly tonight so that Christ can confess you before the Father. Let's give the Lord praise as He's coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. He knows where you are. He knows where you are. Is, is this your son? Come over here if you don't mind. He knows the struggles, okay?
I know you're fighting some things. I know you're fighting some things. But it's okay. You're coming to Jesus tonight. The most important thing right now is you're coming to Jesus tonight, both of you. You're coming to Jesus. For He to help you in your struggles. He knows, the, he knows those thoughts. He knows the struggles, the hurts. Jesus, Jesus. He knows that it, He knows the past. He knows the hurts. He knows the rejection. He knows the pain. I want you to put your hand upon your heart. And I want you to pray out loud with me. The Bible says we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. So I want you to pray this out loud. Say with me, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. I come before you a sinner. But I repent of all my sins, errors, and rebellion. And I ask you to wash me and cleanse me in your precious blood. Save me, deliver me, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to live the life you desire. For me to live. I live on you. I depend on you. To help me. To be your son. This night. And forward. Forever. I am saved. And I shall serve you. Throughout eternity. In Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. God bless you brother. Proud of you man. God bless you my brother. Hallelujah. What's your name? Eric. Eric. Going through some hard times, brother. How old are you? Sixteen. Shane, bless Shane. Would you and God, would would y'all take him in the prayer room and just minister to this young man a minute? Just just love on him and minister to him. And we've got some material in there. And I want him just to spend some time and just minister to you. To your heart, we're your brothers. So we want to help you, and we want to minister to you. So I just want you to spend some time with them and let them pray with you, because I know you're battling some things. So I just want them to minister to you, okay? All right, just go with them. Let's give the Lord praise. Did, did you say, huh? What's your name, brother? Murphy. Hey, did you come up and get saved today? You did. Hey, brother Murphy got saved tonight. Hallelujah! Brand new God. Welcome, my brother. Welcome. Welcome. Hallelujah. Hey, brother. Bless you, man. Now, I know you. I know you. Welcome, man. We got a new brother. Got three new brothers tonight. Hallelujah. Man, just filling the house up. There you are. I thought you got raptured. I was wondering where you were. My peanut brother, brother. We got it, man. We got it going on. Hallelujah, man. I love you. Bless you, buddy. Hallelujah. God bless you, my brother. Appreciate you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen, you, you, you see, it just it keeps happening and happening and happening. And these young people, older people, they're getting rescued. We're, we're seeing them rescued. I want you to pray every service. People are going to be drawn in here to be rescued. Lives are being changed and transformed because we're getting the people ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. And the church is preparing herself to be a bride without spot and wrinkle. The Holy Spirit's going up with us. You see, you know why? 
Because the Holy Spirit's going to walk us down the aisle. And He's going to hand us over to Jesus. And we're going to stand before the Father. And we're going to be married to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's going to walk us from the earth to the throne room. <laughs> the eternity that awaits us, church. We sing that song. It'll be worth it all. It'll be worth it all. Father, I pray for grace for your people and strength in the areas of needs and weaknesses. Lord, we, you know us. Like Paul says, none of us have attained. None of us are perfect. But we are children saved by grace. But we are not those who give up just because we fail. But we are those who stay up and fight and believe that we are overcoming. You said, to him who overcomes, I will grant him to sit upon the throne that my Father has prepared for me and for him. Lord, I praise you for a church of overcomers. They were a spirit of grace that is able to help us to stand in the worst of trials and temptations. I pray, Father, next month as we enter into the new Jewish year, I pray that the old cycles have been broken in this year of 09. And there's the new cycles coming forth next month. That we are seeing things already changed and transformed. Even this body, this church, has changed this last year. And now we're ready to step into the new year. So Father, we give you glory and praise for the work you're doing in the body, in your church, in your people, in the believer. And we thank you for the grace that is able to help them to stand. We pray and we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, listen, we love you Tuesday night, intercession, 7 o'clock. Discipleship, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Greet one another. Tell somebody you love them. If you need prayer, we're going to be here to pray with you. Look around, look for somebody to bless. Thank you for being here. God bless you. In Jesus' name.